saw a man and him walking in the rain. Lance was holding Jeffrey's hand, and I'll never be the same. I saw Lance and him walking in the rain. Lance was holding Jeffrey's hand, and I'll never be the same. Wait, 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 wait. You horse puppy wearing motherfucker ass bitch ass shit. Sick wrong. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up, Wackerly? It's good to have you here in one piece. You survived the surgery? Yeah. Yeah? Are you in uh... Close enough. So did you... You know what's amazing? An unexpected result? You have My a vagina balls now? hang evenly. What? They hang evenly. I didn't think anybody's balls hung evenly. They don't. It's like girls' breasts. Mine do There's now. always one uneven, uh, uneven breast, one uneven testicle. Well, I mean, I don't. I haven't brought up the digital calipers or anything. <laughs> like there might be a slight unevenness, but they used to be way uneven, and now they're pretty even. But, okay, how is this related to your surgery? I mean, I, wouldn't you be a little concerned? Did, did, did they go in there and no? Because the uh, hernia was it was the hernia had to it was uh, in the area of the I have no idea what the actual medical terms are, but like the testicular canal where your you know your 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 balls are connected to your inside bits. That's interesting. I don't. I wonder. Do you think the doctor was just like, "Hmm, I'm going to do this man a favor. He's a very nice fellow. <laughs> going to even out his balls." Like, do you think he was thinking that? Like, you're. I know. I just think it's a natural byproduct of the, of the operation, the procedure. Wow, <laughs> wow. No, that's good. So now at the bathhouse, you don't have to be embarrassed anymore. Yes. So you know, <laughs> much just, more symmetric. <laughs> to set the matter straight, you were not having gender reassignment surgery. That was not happening. That. No. Seriously? Was that the joke that was bandied about? <laughs> no, I made a joke about last time. You so were actually having hernia surgery. I, I heard that you wanted to lick my new vagina or something like that. What What was that all about? Was it lick or sniff and sniff? No, this is what I said. It. That's, that's for sure. You're no, not this is what it. I said. I said if you were to have gender reassignment surgery, and like you're a good, guy, you know, a good friend of mine I've known for a long time, and if you did just have your penis molded into a vagina i'd want to see it i would just be like dude can i just what, see it what makes you think i would show it to you you might not but i would want to see it just to see what it would look like but would you jack off to it no i just want to see it from a purely scientific standpoint just to be like okay you're not I, a you're not a friend with benefits if that's what you're if you've been operating underneath that uh assumption you can change that assumption right now that's not a benefit it's just i just want Seeing to see my it vagina? for science 
<laughs> seeing my vagina. Oh, so I could just go into any of my female friends and ask to see your vagina and just be like, well, it's not a benefit. I just want to see your vagina. No. Well, no. Okay. But if she got a penis, a good female friend, she got a penis, she'd be like, can I just see if it, if it is a real penis or not? That's a more I think of a it's gray fair. area. That's a gray area. <laughs> but so this guy that I was interviewing was saying, you don't just want to see it. And I was like, no, that's all I do. Because no, you want to smell it. You want to taste it. And I was like, no, you want to smell it and taste it. And so he was saying that uh, he'd want to smell it. I don't even know it. that guy. Why would he want to smell and taste well, no, it? We were talking hypothetically if his friend, a good friend of his, you uh, know, had a sex change, he'd want to smell it to see if it smells like a real vagina or like if it smells like a piece of plastic. It obviously wouldn't smell like a real vagina. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. I was like, I don't want to go that far. I would just want to see it. And, you know, just, just for, you know, just pull your pants down real quick, show me, and then pull it back up. And it's like, all right, let's have a beer. You know? Would you humor me? <laughs> Would you be like, it looks really great. It looks like every vagina I've ever seen when in reality it didn't at all. Well, it depends. I mean, I, if, if it had like, you know, if you had still had like an elongated clitoris that just kind of stuck out like a, you know, a small penis and just big gray mud flaps, I, I wouldn't be like, I'd be like, dude, that's a weird vagina. No, it's the specific one I asked for. <laughs> Came right out of the catalog. So what if you got a little bit of a candy, boner? A wisp of cotton candy framing a paper cut. Is that yeah, how Bill what if you described got a, it? No, I didn't I didn't go for that one. <laughs> I, I know myself. I'm not that kind of a woman that has that kind of a vagina. You want to pull on like anybody. meat curtains? Yeah, I'm gonna have a big scary vagina. <laughs> That you could like fold out like bat wings and just smother someone's face. It'd be like a Mad Magazine fold in. <laughs> you could fold it in, and there'd be some a different a picture of something a better vagina. But then it would just fold out again. And you'd be like, oh yeah, it is a big gross vagina. Well, regardless, but what if you got a little bit of a boner? Would you tell me? Definitely not, dude, because that would that would be so confusing. But your pants that you wear are so tight that I would know. <laughs> Be like, you're boning, you're chopping up. I guess we better be so have confusing that drink. on so many. You're not levels. getting in there, by the way. <laughs> no, I just all I want to do is see it. That's 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 it. Which I don't think is gay. I think that's purely like science. It's in the well, name no, of science. Well, no, it would be a vagina at that point. It would be yeah. straight. It would be but perverted. Regardless, but not gay. regardless, you didn't have it done. You had a hernia operation, and and I think. You know, I think a lot of people, especially you know, our listening audience, I don't think many people out there have had this hernia operation. What do they do when they operate on your hernia? Um, they they slice dangerously close to your nutsack. <laughs> Actually, it's not even that close. Everybody I talked, everybody, you're you're correct that nobody knows what this procedure is. Yeah, I, because yeah. half of my friends thought that they were going to go in through my penis hole, and the other half thought they were going to go in through my butthole. I thought butthole. Like, oh, how's your butthole feeling? That, how's dude, your I penis hole? Is it all stretched out? I'm like, it didn't go through <laughs> either of those orifices. They made a new orifice. Would they they go through your navel? I mean, or do they like lower abdomen kind of thing? <laughs> it's not. It's not through anything. They make their own entrance. They make a whole new hole. Oh, okay. they slice you up. So maybe I don't know. It's like a third vagina. <laughs> but I mean, is it like an appendix two. scar? Is that what you have? Yeah, it's almost exactly like that. It's probably even the same location. There's a picture of it on the forum. Yeah, I know. I saw that. It's disgusting. It's about four inches medical. long. I hate medical pictures. It's just, just disgust me. So what do well, they you, do? You wanted to see my vagina, but you don't want to see my, That's a finished my product. auxiliary vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Your third stitched up vagina. So what do they do? In the, what's a hernia? Like, what do they do? 
Didn't, I thought we've talked about this already. We might have, but I mean, how do they, they repair it? They, like, poke back in. Your, you know, your, your guts are sticking out through... You know, you get your skin. <laughs> well, on me, you have the hair. <laughs> then you have the skin. Then you have, like, muscle underneath the skin. Oh, wait, and then you have fat. <laughs> and then you have muscle underneath the fat. And then there's some more fat underneath the muscle. And then there's your guts, right? Well, your guts mm-hmm. are, like, poking out through the muscle and fat. So they just basically just push it back in. They push back it back in. Back into your intestine. In. They push it back in. I guess he uses his finger. I don't know if there's a special device or what. And then they put some type of a, a patch. He calls it a patch in there. So now you and have they, a patch that's just patch so it's kind of like there. it's sort of like repairing a, a, the tube of your bike tire. Exactly, it's exactly like that. And they just except shove instead it back of a in. dirty bike mechanic doing it, it's a, a a young a fine young Indian man does it for you. Well, they have slender fingers. It's nice. I've seen. Yes, yeah, they do. Um, but so anyway, you you had this done. Were you you sounded like you were kind of freaked out. Before I remember, oh, yes, I, I talked to you beforehand. I have I was, a hu- huge surgery paranoia. Everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not no, paranoia so phobia. I fully empath. I fully empathize with you because I I am freaked out by doctors. I'm freaked out by surgery, and you you seem to like be taking it kind of hard. Like I remember I I was saying, hey, you you we could do the podcast earlier. You're like, I don't know, man. I'm doing like a few days <laughs> off of drinking, and uh, this is like three days in advance. I'm like, dude, you're not going to even drink. You're kind yeah, of freaked I didn't out. Drink. I didn't drink for the two days prior. Because I knew if I was hungover, I wouldn't go in. I would just skip it. I'd be like, I'm not going. So when you went the there, courage. did they like assuage your fears by by pumping you full of Vicodin or something? Like when you went no, in No, and they told and this is one thing I have a little bit of a bone to pick. They told me they said we understand everybody gets freaked out by surgery. When you get to the hospital, we'll give you um sedatives right away. They didn't give me shit <laughs> until they wheeled me into the operating room, which is, you know, an intimidating room that has these, like, 7,000 candle power lights and, uh, you know, everybody's wearing masks. It's kind of like... Isn't it like you're getting, your, you're getting lethally Mangala's injected? The clinic was like... What? But isn't it like you're being lethally injected? Like, it looks exactly to... like the lethal injection table. It's got those, th- you know, the arm parts stick out where they strap your arm in. You're in a Jesus Christ pose? You're in a Jesus Christ pose, as as Soundgarden would have put it. They, I did like the leg. Mas- they have these leg warmer slash massagers. I did enjoy that. I did they said. give you like an enema? Did you request an enema? No, no, no enema. <laughs> no How do they know that everything's out of your gullet? Oh, uh, they just ask you. They say, "When was the t- last time you ate?" And you uh, tell them, and then they believe you. So you were pretty freaked out at this point. You're being wheeled on the gurney, the Jesus Christ pose. Well, gurney. they make, here's the thing. Right when you get in, you get in there like two hours before surgery, and they they make you sit in this lazy boy <laughs> in this dark room. They basically turn you into a grandma, an old. I don't you get know, it. Why? Are you supposed to They put to a meditate? hairnet on you. They put you in this muumu. You take off your clothes, and they put you in this muumu. You sit in the in the lazy boy. And then they put a warm blanket on top of your legs. And then they put these thick sort of old woman socks on you. And you have no choice. You can't say, like, uh, could I get the, you know, the cooler socks? Or I'm really not, you know, Moo is not the look that I usually go for. Can I wear, like, my, my ACDC t-shirt and, uh, you know, some cutoff jean shorts? That's more my look. They're like, no, you're look. putting this Moo on. 
And, uh, you know, it obviously opens from the side, and you're bare-ass naked underneath it. I thought it opens from the back. I thought it was like a rear no, entry. these no are the no. new style. The new style opens from the side. It's been maybe years it's since specific, I've had surgery. Maybe so. it's specific to my type of surgery, but it opens from the side. And then I, I tied the neck. T- the, no- the knot that I put in the neck was too tight, so they had to cut that off. Um, well, so then, okay, so they, they put, put the you... old, they put the good old IV in with you know the saline solution because you can't eat or drink anything, so you're super dehydrated. They tell you you can't take a leave like a week ahead of time, so you've got the biggest headache in the universe. So this is uh, all this is all preparation for chair. surgery. There's for no TV. Hours. I put my cell phone in my in this bag of clothes. Like you're not allowed to bring anything more than fits in this bag. They don't give you some room that's all yours with a dresser and everything. I don't know where where the you know the movies and TV shows came up with that idea. Yeah, a plastic no, I... bag with all your shit in it. And then they even ask you like, "Oh, is there any money in your wallet?" And you're like, "Yeah, there's like forty bucks in there." Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know that might be stolen when you get back, right? I'm like, okay, I guess. What what am I gonna do now? Are you getting operated on in Oakland, Richmond? Even worse. Wow. Yeah, that's gotta be worse. So yes, then they right in they, the middle of the Iron Triangle. Actually. They wheel you into the uh, operating room. Did they put you under like general anesthesia? Or I did, did not get, have like... general anesthesia. I had heavy sedation, which I don't know what the difference is because I as soon as the guy says, "Oh, here comes like the fun sauce or whatever," it's all over. So I mean, you what did you get like oxycontin, Vicodin, or something? Oh, afterwards? No, I mean yeah, Vicodin. <laughs> okay, so they give you Vicodin after. So they, they hop you up on goofballs, and you don't even know what's going on when you came to... You don't get the goofballs to begin with. They they inject it into your IV that's already, like, pierced into your hand. I don't know what... He told me it was, like, a, it's, like, a very extremely powerful version of Valium. Did they do the countdown? I remember when I went under... Well, when I had uh, surgery, they did this countdown, like, count backwards from 10. You're like, 10, not... That. <laughs> just like you get, you get like three numbers, you're done. Not that I remember. And I think you, I was just done. I think he said, "Here, here's the heavy sedation," and I was out. And so you wake up, and uh, you're, you're, what is it? Like a few hours later, you've already had your surgery. You're stitched up, and then they let you go home, or do you have to spend the night? No, they let you go home. Wow. They, uh, I was probably in the recovery bed for maybe an hour, just sitting there babbling because you're high as shit. They let you and drive, then, uh, or did someone pick you up? No, no, then they made somebody pick me up. The person didn't even have to come inside. They just wheeled me out to the curb, get in the car. She gave me an extra dose of painkiller before she took the IV out, which I was very appreciative of. Yeah, she, brought no. me a, I, she asked me if I wanted to read a magazine, and I said, yeah, why not? And then she brought me People. Like, who the fuck reads People? You look like a guy that, that would that would follow People or Us Weekly. Well, yeah, I look like that guy because I'm in a muumuu with a hairnet on and these like, <laughs> fucking old woman socks. That's who reads People, are old women. So, I mean, oh, are you still... people. People, man. I like people. I like learning about people, famous people. <laughs> Celebrities, they're just like us. I mean, I would read an Us Weekly, because that's trashy gossip, you know? But the people's not even... It's not even the trashy gossip. No, it's like, feel-good gossip. The go- people is the gossip that, like, the, the uh, PR people, you know, the PR reps of the stars spoon-feed to people, and they print it. Well, so, Wackerly... You know, I think you're completely justified in having this surgery phobia, this phobia of doctors. Well, yeah, some Indian guy who's 30 years old does his fingers inside my guts near my testicles. Well, I was, reading, I was reading on the intertubes. I was doing a little research uh, prior to uh, the show here. It says there are more hospital mistakes, surgical mishaps cause more deaths than car accidents. 
It's quite a statistic. I find that hard to believe. They say because of drug mix-ups, infected incisions, bleeding problems uh, related to the use of blood-thinning drugs, infected ventilators and catheters, between 40,000 to 100,000 people die every year because of hospital mistakes. Which is a number greater than uh, traffic accidents. Because I thought traffic accidents was like 60,000 a year or something. It's between forty and a hundred thousand. It's uh, quite a quite a variance there, but still. <laughs> nice job, nice job, doctors. <laughs> nice record keeping. <laughs> but anyway, here are some of the most common uh, surgical mistakes and just fears during surgery. And tell me which one uh, you were bothered more by. Like which one? Which one affected you more? So yeah. number one here is waking during surgery. Waking oh, during yeah, surgery is rare. But it does happen, uh, it says one to two people out of every 1,000 patients end up uh, waking up and you're being sliced open, but you're unable to move or communicate because you're <laughs> under heavy anesthesia. And you still feel the pain. And you can't scream. It's like uh, that, uh, that uh, Metallica song. What's that, One? Yes. Remember? It's based on a book. Yeah. Johnny, get your Johnny gun got his, or something. Yeah, Johnny got his gun. So were, were, you, were you concerned about that? Were you concerned that the, uh, you know, the, the opiate drugs that you're on were going to wear off and you're going to wake up and there's like an Indian guy just shoving his finger like in your, in your butthole? <laughs> Bring me extra curry sauce. <laughs> you're just like, I thought you'd have to go through the butthole. He's like, we don't. Oh, this I don't. is just extra bonus. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was afraid. I, or I was afraid that I just never would go under. That you, they would just think you're under, but you're still conscious. You know, that was a fear. But sure. I think they can. They monitor that. They have machines that they can monitor your brainwave activity. They can tell what <laughs> brainwave activity. <laughs> they, they, can. they didn't have any. They didn't put anything on my head. But I thought they had like machines that can monitor your self awareness, and they can tell. They whether put or some. Not- they put some patches on my chest. I don't know what that does. But I think it, I think it's your heart rate, and they can yeah. tell like, okay, well, this this guy is you know at this level of consciousness, but maybe not. I don't He's know. achieved it's... total consciousness. <laughs> okay, what about this? Objects left in the body after surgery. Well, yeah, I mean, I still could have that. Who knows? Well, it seems there's no end to the number of patients reporting how surgeons left scissors, gauze, and other bits and pieces inside their body. I guess this is probably the most common blunder that can happen to a patient. And what happens? You just die one day, and then they, they do the autopsy, and that's when they figure it out. I think uh, some people end up like either living with it, or then years, you know, like months later or something, you're still in like ex- extreme pain. You go in, they they X-ray you, and they're like, "Oh my god, look at this doctor left a pair of scissors and you know, and a bedpan inside of you." And then they're it's, like, "Oh, it's his iPod." <laughs> I, I, everywhere I go, I hear Steely Dan. I don't know what's going on. I always on. got Phil Collins in my head. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why. Um, but were you concerned about that? Because right now you still have like a medical, what, a, like a gauze tissue or something Well, yeah, inside they intentionally you? left some gauze medical patch in there. That's the whole point. Aren't you concerned that this might like eventually like, you know, shift around and like come out of your nose or something? In my beehole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, because then I'd have to have it done again. I'm not concern. too concerned about objects left in the body after surgery. I, I think I have a little more trust in my in my surgeon to do that. Yeah, um, this well, it's not like he's the only person in there, right? There's yeah, like there's six or seven people in the operating room, and you think somebody would say, "Oh, hey, are you gonna like, you know, leave that, leave that forceps in there?" You yeah, you should probably pull those forceps out of that guy's right. intestine. Yeah. This is, these two are the ones that freak me out the most. Wrong site surgery. 
yeah, uh, the problem of, of surgeons operating on the wrong body location, amputating healthy limbs, or operating... Or just, yeah, not even the right procedure. Not, not yeah. just the wrong location, but a completely procedure that you weren't intending to have. You're operating on the wrong body altogether. It's apparently getting worse right now. Um, they say some hospitals are reporting everything. Some hospitals don't report this at all. But uh, did you read in the news just recently about that truck driver who was suing his urologist because he went into surgery for a simple circumcision, and when he woke up, there was like a big chunk of his penis that was removed because it yeah, was I did, uh, cancer. I did hear about that. Yeah, the doctor ended up on his own accord. Well, I guess looking out for the patient, but he amputated a cancer-riddled section of this guy's organ. <laughs> yeah, he didn't just do it for shits and giggles. No. Hey, but, check this out. <laughs> but wouldn't uh. you, would you be upset, though? I mean, would, if you woke up and, you know, like a, a quarter of your willy was removed, and you're just like, well, I just came in here for a circumcision. Like, how much are you taking off there, Doc? <laughs> and then he's just like, well, this way you, you don't have to come in for an extra couple weeks before your next cut. But I mean, if there's, would you want to know? Like, would you want to have a consultation, maybe get a second opinion before he like chops your dick off? Probably, but you never. I mean, was it was it going to be immediately life threatening penis cancer? I didn't even know you could get cancer in your penis. I've heard of ball cancer. Well, I'm surprised. Like, I mean, the the guy didn't find it out beforehand. You know, before the operation. Yeah, you know that's. It's not like making an appointment to get your hair permed. I mean, yeah, you have your tip of your penis cut off. You think the doctor would get in there and look at it beforehand? Well, I always find it odd too that somebody at the you know the age of sixty four is like, you know what? I think it's time to get a circumcision. You know, it's, it's, it's I've had this it's, like uh, heathen dog penis for far too yeah. long, and you know I'm just sixty four years. Old. Let's let's cut the tip off, just the tip. And then just the guy found the cancer tissue and and removed it, and eventually the guy had to uh, get the rest of his penis removed. Well, I'm just I'm thinking that this guy wasn't getting many blowjobs before. He had a wife. You think it's yeah, but you think she would have said something if he, had, you know, oh, there seems to be some like black cancerous <laughs> nodules under your foreskin down here, man. But maybe that's why he was getting. Maybe that's why he was getting the the circumcision. She's like your dick tastes like a cigarette. I just, I, I just don't like it anymore. It's like smoking a cools. I know. When I used to smoke, it was fine, but now that I've quit. <laughs> But maybe, yeah. that's what, maybe he was getting the circumcision because his wife said, you know, well, you're always asking me to blow, blow you, but you've got this, like, dirty dick cheese and dog penis <laughs> that I don't want to be anywhere near. That'd be a reason to get a circumcision when you're 65. Yeah, no, so that, that makes sense. finally get some regular blowjob schedule going. But I guess uh, the, the jury ended up siding with the doctor. And so now this guy has no extra money and no penis. And he was suing for loss of love and affection. Which I could imagine probably comes from the wife because she's like, well, you know. I mean, what would you? She probably likes it. To be honest, she probably likes it better. You know, he's not going to be climbing on top of me every fucking night, you know, in his bourbon-soaked haze. If you, okay, this is a thought experiment. It's a little off topic. But let's say you, you know, woke up from your surgery, you had cancer dick, and they cut your dick off, and you had nothing down there anymore. But you're still a young guy, and you still have sex. Would you strap one on? Or would you just say, fuck it? I don't even care. No, dude. I would become like the Dalai Lama. <laughs> You'd be a, a pure eunuch? Well, the Dalai Lama of eating pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but what if the girl's like, I just want you to strap one on so I can feel it. Like a real dick. No, I wouldn't do that. I would I think find it I, degrading. Yeah, I, I, would be, I would find it degrading. I'd be like, you're making fun of me that I don't have a cock. Yeah. Now eat my butthole. <laughs> You said you were going to. Put my cockless balls in your mouth. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. So and th- these this balls is... aren't going to suck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, so lastly, here that finally, this is the the one that freaks me out the most, and it and it, it, the the title's a bit misleading, but they're saying dirty Lord. doctors. So they said here that one in uh, in 1846, when the first obstetrical hospital was open in Vienna, one in eight pregnant women died from it's called puerperal fever. And this is because doctors were not washing their hands before delivering a baby. This is in 1846. But they found out now that a study showed that doctors only wash their hands 61% of the time when knowing that they're being watched and only 44% of the time if nobody was looking. Ugh. Dude, this freaks me out. Like, were, were you concerned about Sepsis. this? Yeah, you, you have no idea. I mean, there's so much bacteria. Doctors, even infectious disease specialists, often fail to wash their hands, spreading germs from one patient to another. And What's it's, wrong it's, with these people? What, what do they teach them in medical school? <laughs> Just wash your hands. This is a hand-washing class, hand-washing 101. Well, this... Uh, How hard is it? This uh, reporter here, or this medical journalist, offered a number of suggestions to make your hospital stay infection-free. And this is my favorite one. These include, number one, telling your doctor to wash his hands. Did you, <laughs> did you do that? Like, so I suggest you, uh, did, you, did you wash your hands, buddy? I've noticed you are a uh, dirty packy. <laughs> That's going to be operating on me. So I know we're not supposed to say that, but that was for humor, humorous effect. You know, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think you should wash your hands. If a white man were operating on me, I wouldn't ask, but you under, you understand what I'm coming from. Um, you're not to, you're not supposed to smoke prior to an operation. Did you do that? I quit smoking the two days beforehand, but yes, I know. And I've been smoking, which I also understand is bad for the healing process, but what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, I wonder like I would I would feel that I'm going to my execution, so I'd want to have a cigarette. I think it would uh, make me feel better. Last um, meal, conjugal visit. I did have a pretty good uh, batch of French toast the night before. <laughs> that would have been my last meal. And huevos rancheros. Can I tell you what my actual reali- actual fear that was realized was, though? What? After surgery, <laughs> and I think there's multiple reasons for this, which I will enumerate. One is the codeine that you're taking, which is, you know, the Vicodin. They're just chewing like Pez because they're awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the other is the fact that like you have no – your stomach, your ab- your abdomen is weak and in pain, and you can't – you know, sitting down kind of hurts, doing any – like coughing, you feel like you're going to die. Sneezing, you feel like you're te- tearing yourself a new, you know, belly button. Uh, but the worst thing is shitting. <laughs> the the, the you- codeine constipates you, and then you can't push – and so I'm sitting here eating like Metamucil, like you know, by the more even more more like Pez than the codeine, and and stool softener and uh, fiber laxative <laughs> pills, and I'm eating tons of food, you know, right? It's not like I'm not eating. I'm eating all this like people are bringing me casseroles and comfort food, stuff that would normally be making the process move. Chocolate, drinking coffee. But you know, like I said, I started smoking cigarettes, and for two days. <laughs> Nothing. You couldn't. You could not move your bowels for two days. <laughs> Nothing's happening, and your and your stomach is swollen anyways, right? From the surgery, and you but got the ice pack down there, be- and then but now you now your 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 colon is filling up with product. Isn't how this all started to begin with? Is pushing too hard? 
<laughs> I don't I don't know. That's one theory. You can get a hernia in multitude of different ways, but that's one way people do get hernias, guys. Yeah, I thought it was either autofellatio or pushing too hard. Well, there, there if I could ways. perform autofellatio, <laughs> we wouldn't have done all these podcasts because I would be busy. <laughs> How long was it till you eventually were able to have a it normal movement? It was about movement? two days. Two and days. Then, you know, once the floodgates opened, then it was then it was just 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 it was like the log flume ride at Cedar Point. Just boom, boom. And not not diarrhea. Like Did you solid. get some blowback, some splash? Up no, the, no, no, because it was so long before it left. Before I pinched it, it was already like halfway to the street in the sewer line. <laughs> there was no splash. It was like You're Greg Luganus. snaking out the drain. Yeah, it was That's like good. Greg Luganus, you know, entering the water. <laughs> no splash. But that's well, that's, all, that's that's the word. That's actually the you know the, I had lots of anxiety going up and all these fears of things that could have gone wrong. But I will say for anybody that's going to have surgery, this type of surgery, the worst thing is going to be not being able bowel to bowel obstruction. Yeah, afterwards. it sounds terrible. So no no all in all, I think surgery is scary, and I think that the best way to deal with surgery is just to not have it. Just stay out of the hospital, people. You know that that, that that's God's way of dealing with these things. Survival of the fittest. I, I almost, I did almost skip it. I will say, I don't know. I was almost just like, "Fuck this! I can't do it." Well, Wackerly, it's good to have you uh, back here on the show, and it's uh, nice to know that you you did not actually have your gender reassigned because I thought that might affect the dynamic and just be weird, you know? Why? I don't know. It'd just be weird if all of a are sudden you, you're a you woman kind of and a f- you're on the show. A bigot? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not I saying you that. To see I'm my just... vagina so bad, and now I know. Now I find out that you did. Wouldn't consider me. Like an equal person if I did have a vagina? I'm just saying I think it would be weird for the first couple shows to, for me to adjust to you now being a woman, you know, versus... I could uh, play, I could talk and play the slide whistle at the same time. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean... Because I'd be playing it with my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> that would sound good. Could you do the final countdown? Yes. I, I think that would be great. Um, anyways, it's it's good to have you back here. It's uh, episode two ninety three here, sick and wrong. Um, so, a quick recap of of two show two weeks ago, episode two ninety one. We did three listener stories. Uh, listener number one sent a story about being stabbed with a golf club. Listener oh, two yes. sent a story about a dead baby text message threat. And uh, mm-hmm. listener three was a story about a special needs kid that was decapitated by his father. And you know, yes. I, I, as expected, uh, the third story won. By a landslide, yeah. actually. He wanted um, to make his wife feel stupid. Yeah, so he decapitated their special needs kid. So that makes sense. So congratulations, our listener number he three. He could have just asked her like about the finer points of the rules of football. Or they could have played <laughs> a game of Trivial Pursuit. You know, It's really easy to make your wife or girlfriend feel stupid in ways that don't involve decapitating your special needs child. Yeah, I, I don't think this guy was very imaginative. He's definitely vengeful, though. Uh, so congratulations there, listeners three. Uh, you won episode 291. Um, people, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wackerly and I present the most disturbing news items of the week here on the show. Audience votes. Winner gets a Sick and Wrong care package. You can send your story to sickandwrongpodcast.com. Submit it via the forum or even through Facebook. Um, we got some good stories here for this week. But before we get to that, quick word from our sponsor here, audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming. Uh, There's over 80,000 hours of audio programs and 270 content partners to choose from. In total, 
There's like a thousand science and textbooks and uh, 1,100 science fiction and fantasy titles. You know, I was wondering, do you think they have the the uh, the the, the envoy of Robert E. Howard? Oh, I you think don't know. they have his book? Who would be reading it? Maybe not. Probably all of them, but maybe some of them. What was the deal with that guy? I was thinking about that guy. Wasn't he like a recluse, like an agoraphobe or something? Uh, he lived with his mother <laughs> yeah. until the day that she died. I mean, he was like this classic mama's boy. There's a movie about him with Vincent D'Onofrio in the lead title character, and uh, I can't remember what it's called, but I'm sure you could find it on IMDb. So Robert E. Howard wrote the Conan books. I think this has definitely preceded the comic book for quite a few years, but uh, did he write the stories from the comic books as well? No. No, there's all. Okay. He, he, he was back in the age of maybe even where comic books were just starting out. So, But I think they were like pulp novels. Yeah, no, pulp magazines. Pulp magazines. Kind of a precursor of, of comic books, so. But not like the later ones that your brother had and masturbated all over. Yeah, yeah, the pages were stuck together. Um, so anyway, anyway, you know, you never know. I think there might be some Robert E. Howard Conan stories that uh, someone can read to you on uh, audible.com. So there's 75,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible has it covered. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. So the first listener submission that we got here uh, came from a guy. Oh, his name is uh, Vaughn. He sent it in to uh, via Facebook. People, when you submit your articles through Facebook, I will not do it if you post it on my page. If you email it to me, like message it to me, I will do it. Needs it needs to be private. It's, it's got to be private, too, because it ruins it when you post it on the page because everyone can see it. Well, but I think you're operating under the false assumption that all the listeners are Facebook friends with you. But I mean that there true, there are like there's a there's a a good majority of my Facebook friends or listeners or or fans of the show. So if they're if they're looking on the page and they see that, then they're like, oh, they're going to do that story this week. Ha ha! You know your gig is up. You know there's no <laughs> there's no surprise. Whereas uh, if you message it to me, then I'm I'm definitely more likely to use it. So so Vaughn, you you went the correct route here. He writes, hey, D, you've had a lot of cannibal stories in the past, but the details in this make it particularly sick and wrong. Peace out. Postscript, what happened to the bum island idea? You know, I almost want to sue that, that video game Dead Island. Have you seen that? Yeah. I feel they kind of stole my idea for bum island. <laughs> it's a very similar concept. It is well. It's an island. I it's guess. an island. How do you feel about Gilligan's Island? Are you also <laughs> mad at those people? <laughs> yeah, but okay. The, these zombies look very familiar to me. That I was looking at an an advertisement for the show or for that Dead Island video game, and I'm like, God, they look like crackheads in the Tenderloin, which is exactly well, what. Well, but I mean, by virtue of the fact that crackheads in the Tenderloin look like zombies. Well, I was saying you take all the tenderloin crackheads, San Francisco should do this, which I'm still thinking that they probably will, and put them on Angel Island, make it into Bum Island, and that's pretty much what Dead Island's all about. Yeah. I'd, I'm just saying I'd like a portion of the proceeds. That's it. Except for, well, in the video game, somehow normal, normal non-zombie crackhead homeless people end up on the island and have to fight their way out, I, I assume. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, you could have been like, okay, let's just say you were drinking in San Francisco and you got really wasted and you just for passed example. out. Yeah, yeah, for example, and you passed out in the Tenderloin in like a doorway. 
And then when they uh-huh. rounded up all the crackheads to put them on Bum Island, they accidentally got you. But yeah, you're not a crackhead. Like, Wait, I'm not a homeless crackhead. I'm just a lousy drunk who <laughs> passed out on the street. You got it all wrong. And then I had to fight my way off. And that, that, that's, not, that. that's not my feces. I sat in someone's feces. That's not my... No, I didn't shit my pants. And so Asterisk, then, parentheses, it really is my feces. <laughs> <laughs> And then you'd have to fight yourself off a bum island. I, th- I think that's... With shitty pants. With shitty pants. Yeah, that, that could work. Anyway, Vaughn writes, keep it sick, keep it wrong. You know, the story, I like this cannibal story, and it does have a twist, so that's why we, we get a lot of cannibal stories here in Second Wrong. Almost seems like there's a cannibal story every week that happens in Russia. They just like to eat people over there. They like to eat male prostitutes. Yeah. That they meet online Specifically, and, and like yeah. cook them into meatballs or something. But, so this one I'd rather do because it didn't happen. In uh, Russia. This actually happened in the UK. So Cannibal Killer sent to Broadmoor, which is a psychiatric hospital here. I think it's a notorious psychiatric hospital. Is that the one where that Bronson guy was sent to in that movie? Uh, You know, it might have been an analog in the movie of that place. Cannibal Killer sent to Broadmoor after eating victim's brain murdered fellow patient that he also planned to eat. (laughs) Um... And I think part of this is due to his, uh, his, his sobriquet, his nickname here. Uh, when Steph eventually found Richard Loudwell, 60, lying critically injured, um, Brian, Peter Brian, uh, 40 years old, said he would have liked to have eaten him if he had more time. So if, <laughs> if he wasn't discovered, he probably would have been eating this guy. Uh, Brian is a crazed cannibal who ate the brain of one of his victims, murdered uh, Loudwell, who's a fellow Broadmoor patient, and planned to eat him too. Peter Bryan, who called himself Peckish Pete. Um, and that, that's one thing. Beware of anybody who gives themselves nicknames. <laughs> Isn't it kind of weird? Yeah, it's just like, okay, you, give your, you gave that nickname to you? Like if, if, you know, the press gave him Peckish Pete because he's a, a human cannibal, you know, then, then I'd have been like, okay, well, the, the, you know, the, the press gave that name to you. That's it's a good name. Or if his buddies were just like, well, you did eat like three people, so we're going to say you're peckish. Peckish Pete. You seem a little hungry. Maybe you should have a snack. Yeah, you know. Before you start eating other human beings. But this guy prides himself on the fact that he's a cannibal and he's insane, so he calls himself Peckish Pete. Right. I, just, I, would, I probably wouldn't be friends with him if I lived in the same you know, dorm. It also um, he, belies the fact that he's really insane, right? He he came up with a a clever, you know, nickname for himself. Yeah, that, exactly. How insane could he really be then? You know, I, I would expect an insane person would be like, "I'm Barney, purple dinosaur." <laughs> I'm Barney, the purple dinosaur, and then he would go on to eat somebody because he's insane. Like everything that comes out of his mouth is nuts. But this guy, yeah, this guy actually gave him a, a witty nickname. Gave himself yeah. a witty nickname, Peckish Pete, which yeah. implies that, uh, yeah, he's a little more intelligent. A little more with it than we think. So Peckish Pete throttled Richard Loudwell with a ligature and smashed his head against the floor as other patients sang the song Lazy Sunday by the Small Faces, allegedly to mask the noise. So Only in England would they actually sing a cool song. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so I downloaded this song, in case people don't know. It's, it's an older song. And Small Faces... Did the Small Faces eventually become the Faces, Rod Stewart's band? I was going to ask you that same question, my musically inclined friend. I think they, I think they did, but this is the, the first uh, incarnation of the band. So anyway, visualize this. Here's a guy with a ligature wrapped around this dude's neck, 
and he's smashing this guy's head against the floor while the other completely mental patients in there are singing this song. The song actually kind of makes me want to smash someone's face into the floor. I don't think this was the precursor to the faces. It's too punkish, where the faces are more arm, you know. It's more a little like Southern Rock. Blue, Southern Rock. But this was thing. like, you know, the early 60s. And the faces so. were around like uh, the 70s. So, I mean, right. there's a chance maybe one guy that was in the small faces became the faces. But That's true. Maybe Ronnie, what's his name, was in there. I doubt, though, that the, the, all the mental patients here would have known all the, the lyrics to the song. So it probably was a bunch of people singing maybe just the chorus, maybe oh, yeah. variations <laughs> of the chorus. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but nobody in existence knows all the words to any song ever. I bet you there's a guy out there, probably someone that listens to this show, that does know every lyric to the Stairway to Heaven song. I bet you they that would be the stairway. You would be in the Guinness Book of World Records if you knew that. Even Robert Plant uses a teleprompter. Even Alex Axel Rose uses a teleprompter for all the uh, GNR songs. Nobody, all the nobody knows all the words to anything. Especially even, even if, movie stars don't. The only people who memorize lines are uh, stage actors, and they're freaks. Well, I, and and even I mean, even less likely to know the lyrics or be these mental patients. But I wonder why they picked that song. I mean, out of all the songs that they well, could do, well, because it was Sunday afternoon, I would assume. And this is just a lazy Sunday activity. Yes. Well, it did to the job. It masked the noise. The guy was able to smash uh, Richard Loudwell's face into the floor, and uh, he was critically injured. So when staff eventually found him. He was already pretty much dead. Uh, Brian, at that time, Peckish Pete here, said he would have liked to have eaten him. He would have liked to have eaten him if he had more time. So unfortunately, um, I wonder what song they would have sang while he was doing the eating. Do you think they would have continued the Lazy Sunday, or do you think they would have switched to, like, Eat It by Weird Al? That's what, yeah, I would think Eat It. A little obvious, but... You know, it's a good song, nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it would make sense. I, I mean, I aren't, there aren't a lot of non-Japanese songs about eating. <laughs> about food, yeah. Um, but it's, in the Japanese rock world, there's lots of songs about eating. Well, I'm sure they probably would have come up with something. So, uh, you, know, you know, I was thinking about this. So a lot of people, what do you think would be preferable? So would you, if you were convicted of murder, would you try to go the insanity route so you'd be put into a mental home? where something like this could happen at any second of the day. I mean, you, you're in the room with a bunch of other murderers who are not guilty by reason of insanity, and any right. time could snap and smash your face in and start singing Elton John songs or whatever. And, uh, you know, or would you rather be, take your chances and be in the general population in a prison? Where you might have to be someone's bitch, but chances are, I mean, it's like they're lifers, they're probably not going to kill you. <laughs> Hands down, insane asylum. So you wouldn't even want to take your chances drugs, in general. Get drugs, you know, activities, macrame. Uh, I think the TV is probably better. Well, because you're high on drugs, so any TV is amazing when you're high on drugs. But your roommate, uh, though, here was a guy that the press described as a real life Hannibal Lecter. Probably doesn't happen. In you the know, I'd r- I'd rather fend off the guy. 
who's looking at me as like a snack, a midnight snack, than the guy who's looking at me as a you know his bitch. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could see that. Um, you'd be an ass snack to him. So uh, Loudwell ended up dying six weeks later from his injuries. Uh, The gruesome story of the man, Peckish Pete here, described as a real-life Hannibal Lecter, was told at the uh, coroner's court. Uh, Brian had had been spent the last eight years in another hospital for battering to death uh, its 21-year-old Nisha Sheth in 1993. Uh, But a month after being released, after after eight years in the hospital, into a low-support accommodation, he then killed a friend named Brian Cherry. He had dismembered Brian Cherry's body and cooked his brain in butter, telling police it was really nice. There's some good old limey rehabilitation going on there. Yeah. You know, what, what do they usually give? Uh, what do they usually give most convicted murderers? Like four years? Is it five? Maybe three with time off for good behavior. Yeah. And then what happens? They go out and eat another one. So, so on the second <laughs> How many row- people do you have to eat before you're thrown away, thrown in there and they throw away the key? Uh, you know, I don't know. You probably have to Six eat like a member of the least. royal family before they do that. Like if you <laughs> ate Prince Harry, then they probably would yeah. put you away for a little bit longer. Don't even suggest that somebody would do that to Prince Harry. <laughs> so on the sick and wrong star scale, I'm going to give this, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a five. I mean, the guy was bashing this dude's head in and, uh, in front of a whole audience. But the fact that it was, they were singing that Lazy Sunday song here, which I can play a little bit more of. But uh, that, oh my God, quit trying to juice your score. <laughs> the fact that they were playing, you know, singing that song while this guy was killing and, and uh, mutilating this man, I'm, I'm going to give it a five star. I give it a five. I wish you would have eaten some of uh, this new guy, though. Just a toe. Or something, or a finger, or an ear, or something. An ear would be easy to bite off. An ear off. would be easy to bite off. An earlobe. Yeah. Just something, like an appetizer. Or just to, I mean, just to, like, uh, justify the nickname, you know? Because yeah, now it I just seems like he's strangly Pete. Like, he likes to yeah, strangle. Li- with a ligature, no less. What is a ligature? Just a string? Yeah, or, or a belt or something. Some type of a wire. So okay. uh, what do you have here for uh, episode Uh, I have another listener submission from, uh, oops, I got these pages reversed, from uh, Stuart. 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 And he says, no, nobody who ever emails us knows about punctuation. <laughs> like, they don't know what a question mark is. Uh, but he says, wasn't the other guy you did a story on driving an Aston Martin or something? There's also no commas in that sense. <laughs> uh, because he is referring to, the, you, as you'll find out if you're a long-time listener, this story is similar to an old one. But it's such a good story that I don't mind repeating ourselves. Yeah, but uh, you know what, though? We don't tend to select our stories based on the listeners, the submitters' uh, grammar. You know, I mean, we, we tend just to look more at the story. But maybe right. that's another uh, criteria we should use. It's yeah. like, if you can't write a complete sentence, we're not going to pick your story. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't. That would be way too... That bar is way too high. You would never get any stories. He also says, fuck this guy, unoriginal bastard. And he did put a comma after this guy. So uh, he's improving. The 46-year-old man 
in question from Yorktown, Virginia, has not been identified by police because his death has been ruled a suicide. But like, so I guess they maintain anonymity for people who kill themselves. But uh, police told ABCNews.com he had recently moved from Chicago to join his wife, teenage daughter, and son, who is in middle school. York County Sheriff Danny Diggs, who used to Danny be porn, Diggs. he used to be a porn star, said that the couple had separated, but he didn't know if they had divorced. Does anybody ever separate and not divorce? Well, I don't know. What's the point of? I always wonder what the point of separation is. I mean, I think it's just not going through. The, we're not prepared to do all the paperwork yet. No, so it's just being That's lazy. I mean. But I mean, eventually, yeah. it's going to, you know, it's, it's going to end. It's going to happen. It's going to yeah. happen. Plus, I think California is really easy to get divorced in this state. Like, you really just do file some paperwork. Other states, they make you actually go to court and get a judge, even if it's completely mutually agreed upon divorce. Or sometimes if, if you're an Orthodox Jew, you have to get a get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like self-imposed torture. <laughs> oh, my, my fake <laughs> religious beliefs that really mean nothing in the general scheme of things are making me do this, all these extra steps to... Uh, Get rid of my shitty wife. <laughs> a rabbi Whatever. tribunal. Yeah. I need to convince this guy now that my fucking marriage is bad. Um, the wife moved down here, uh, says the sheriff. She had moved down here and she settled for some amount of time. So she'd been there for a while. He'd been gone. The man had stayed with the mother of his children Monday night because he came into town. Uh, and Diggs says that she told him that that was unacceptable. He would have to have his own. He, have to, he would have to find his own place. He's not going to be. A, they're separated. Probably go, getting towards a divorce. He can't just be staying in the house, right? See, I always it's found that to be somewhat unfair because that guy probably paid for that house. True, you know, and it's but, like it's his house, but yet, you know, they're separated. She gets the house. He's paying her to take care of the children that they spawned together. Yeah, but why can't he sleep in the basement? <laughs> or in the shed. Or the shed, yeah, you know. The gazebo. This is why you should always be careful when you're putting your penis into strange places. Exactly. And shooting loads, because you never know what could happen down the road. You could be kicked out of your own house that you paid for. Um... The sheriff says that being kicked out of this place could have led to his distress. Uh, so, obviously, the next morning, Tuesday, there was a domestic dispute call to the police, and they uh, arrived and at the place where the, the wife and children live, and the cops spotted a car and trailer near a busy intersection near the house. The trailer was on fire. So the fire department was also called. So this guy was living in that trailer. Well, I know all of his shit. I don't think there's any room for him because all of his belongings are in the trailer. Oh, okay. So it was like a U-Haul trailer or something that he was just telling No, me. actually. It goes on to say later that it's completely a homemade trailer of like nailed together pieces of plywood on like a shitty like flatbed trailer that he'd found somewhere. Uh, so the fire department was called. Uh, they arrived, and the firefighter asked the man to exit the vehicle because obviously, hey, uh, uh, sir, your trailer is on fire. We're going to try and put the fire out. Could you please leave the vehicle? Uh, at the time, they did not know it was the same guy that was involved in the dis domestic dispute call that the cops had uh, got there for. He refused to get out, and the man had been difficult with on-scene personnel. That's when one of the firefighters noticed a wire cable around the man's neck. 
or ligature, as we found out okay, from the previous let me, story. Let me like clarify something here. The dude was sitting in his car that was still attached to the trailer that's on fire. He's got a cable right. tied around his neck. It's hard to see a cable from long distance, too, right? I mean, you walk up to the truck, and you're like, sir, could you get out? And he's like, no. Sir, could you please get out? And then you notice... Like, do you have a necklace on, or what is it's that? It's like a wire cable. But, I mean, oh. why was he attached to the burning trailer? Like, he was planning on... Uh... He was towing it. Oh, okay. Right. It was like okay. a display. Like a display of my <laughs> aggravation with my shitty, soon-to-be-doomed marriage and crappy kids that I still care about, but now, you know, it's all become complicated. So that was like it's an like effigy a of like his a marriage. Float, like a parade. Yeah. An effigy of his marriage, as you know, right there. Pretty the... much. He lit all his shit on fire. He's like, if I can't live here... Then I don't need any of this stuff. Exactly. There's a Will Ferrell movie coming out about the same thing. About this guy? That's going to be amazing. About a guy who burns all this stuff. Does he put a wire around his neck? No, but that would be great. <laughs> uh, so they see the wire around his neck, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to find my place again. Oh, and the cable was looped through the back window of the white Ford Explorer, which is a favorite car of O.J. Simpson, and attached to a tree about 10 feet away. They tried to convince him to get out. He then accelerated the vehicle, which pulled him out of the vehicle and eventually decapitated him. Eventually. Wow. So, yeah. I wonder it's if... It's weird I'm... because you're, you're, it's hard to push on the gas pedal and keep pressure on the accelerator while you're actually being pulled by your neck out of the back of the car, but... Apparently, it works pretty good. Do you, but do you think he had his... He obviously didn't have a seatbelt on. No seatbelt. <laughs> that might have sped he, up the process. Yeah, if he had his seatbelt on, he might have still been sitting in that seat. Yeah. That would actually be more uh, spectacular. I, th- I think so. For anybody who's going to do this in the future, put the seatbelt <laughs> on. At least the lap part. Maybe keep the shoulder straps off so you have sort of free range of motion with your upper torso. But uh, definitely the lap strap. After the man's body catapulted through the car's rear window, the car and trailer, which would fill, which, which was filled with his belongings and on fire, don't forget, kept rolling down the street until it stopped just short of neighbor David Holmes' house around 11 a.m. Another neighbor said, I was just shocked. Why would people do such stuff? Said Marilyn Kiefer, another neighbor. We can't ask him what really went through his head. <laughs> It's an actual quote from a neighbor of the man who put a wire around his head and ripped his head off. He can't figure out what was going through his head. And that punchline well, obviously, should I wear a seatbelt or not was not in his head. No. No. I think that was definitely Should I thing. have really lit all my shit on fire? Like, it seems pointless now that I, I'm headless. You know, it might be me, Another but thing. I just don't think that guy had any shit of real value. In that plywood no. trailer that he made. No, no. Do you think there were like platinum bars in there or something? No, I'm just saying. I, I don't think there was like, you know, a, a flat screen TV and like an Xbox or anything in there. I think there's maybe like. Yes. Flat screen TVs, the the ultimate store of value. Well, I'm just saying. It's like, you know. There probably I, I... was a flat screen TV <laughs> that he bought for $200 from Best Buy. It's not. You know, I bet you had some inflatable furniture. TV. I bet you had some inflatable furniture. Inflatable furniture, maybe a inflatable beer sign. and or folding. A couple beer signs. A couple beer signs, and uh, yeah, like I don't know. His Nintendo old baseball D. glove from when he, you know, when he made state. 
Yeah, I, I just don't see anything of real value in there. So, but who who knows? Maybe we're wrong. Yeah, well, the tragedy isn't in the burnt up belongings. I don't know why you're going in that direction. <laughs> it's the fact that he ripped his own head off with a cable and in and his Ford Explorer. Yeah, no, it's it's an the original trailer way to, is just for added effect. It's an original way to go because if you think about it, there's there are many ways, there are multiple ways to kill yourself with a car. I mean, I think the easiest of one would just to be the uh, the was it the carbon monoxide poison? Yeah, the hose in the garage. Yeah, like I'm I'm surprised he just didn't do that. Were his children and his wife present during the incident? They were in the house, but they did not see. The actual decapitation. I have to admit, I could have lied and said yes, they were staring there in horror, but they weren't. Your okay, so I think don't. that's what prompted him to do this. Obviously, he's creating this massive spectacle to be like, you know, son, I've been telling you your mom's a bitch for years. Now I'm going to demonstrate why. Maybe he's a fan of sick and wrong. And he's just trying to get his get submitted. <laughs> to be on, be on the story. It has nothing yet. to do with his wife and kids. Do you want to, who, well, who knows? But you know, in rating this story. I would have given this a definite five star had the wife and kids seen the incident. Like maybe if the head flew up and just landed and kind of bounced a couple, you know, a couple, a couple feet at their. But wait, step. before before you put your final verdict on it, did I mention that he was wearing a second wrong Quato t shirt? Ooh, all right, now I'm gonna. Have to <laughs> no, no, that was a lie. <laughs> I can't let you go on that assumption. We get bonus points for that. I'm gonna give this a four point seven five. Oh, splitting hairs. Yeah. I gave it a 4.5. 4.5? It's funny that the, the submitter, the guy who emailed the story in, talks about the Aston Martin story. Because I, I think that the best suicide is the dude who jumped off the bridge with pieces of wire around like all of his limbs. So when oh, gravity yeah. took him, it com- not only decapitated him, but completely dismembered him. He had piano wire or, yeah. around his limbs. So it's like, yeah, he had like severed yeah. limbs hanging in off Thailand his bridge. or something. Yeah, yeah that, that's the best wire... Suicide. But the Aston Martin right. suicide is very similar because I think the guy was also going through a divorce. He just obviously had way more money than the guy with the plywood trailer. I bet you in that guy's plywood trailer, there would be some stuff I'd want. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, I, I, yeah. the third story we got for uh, episode 293 was came in from uh, Rachel. Rachel sent to the Hotmail account. She said, this kid never even had a fighting chance. And she's right about that. This kid really did not have a fighting chance. Uh, Sitter dies and lands on Long Island infant. One month old smothered in freak accident. Is this an infant who lives on an island and is very long? (laughs) Or does he live on Long Island? (laughs) Well, this baby's not long enough. That's for sure. But yeah, he lives on Long Island. A morbidly... It's not a long long island infant. It's it's, it's a, a long, long island. Infant. Yeah, it's not a long Long Island infant, but it is a Long Island infant. All right. Um, so so you know we're we're gonna have to to specify this, but they they the the reporter here uses an interesting uh, um, adverb here: a morbidly obese Long Island babysitter accidentally smothered to death a month old infant when she collapsed and died on the ch- on the couch where the child was lying. So when you hear the term morbidly obese, what do you envision? Morbidly obese? What what do I envision? Yeah, like when you KFC, when you see <laughs> Taco Bell. But I'm just saying size wise. Like what do you, I picture like, you know, a, a full on Delta hippo. Burke? 
<laughs> Rosie Rose O'Donnell. Ann. No, but I picture right. someone that's like probably 400 pounds. You know, she has bulges. She has like a gunt that probably weighs more than I do. Mm-hmm. And I, I picture someone to be at least like 350, 400 pounds to be morbidly obese. Well, it depends on height, though, doesn't it? Okay. Well, this woman here, Teresa Coffey, was five foot six, and she was just over 200 pounds. That is obese, according to the BMI calculator website. Well, what's the cutoff? I checked it out previously. Um, well, it comes up with some number that's a ratio, and I think 30 or maybe 28 is like the upper cutoff, and she's at a 30 point something. So if you're over 28 on the BMI index, that means you're obese? I'm operating from memory here, but yes, I believe that's true. So this woman is five foot six and over 200 pounds, so she's obese, but I don't think she's morbidly obese. She's getting there. She probably will she's be. She's young, right? She's, she's, she's a young woman. Uh, 39. Oh, not so, not so young. Why is, she, why is a 39-year-old woman babysitting? Isn't babysitting <laughs> what teenagers do? I'll get to that in a second. So, uh, Teresa right. Coffey. Is, is, this, is this a daycare? Because <clears throat> adults do daycare. They don't babysit. I guess uh, the, well, the reason she was babysitting is because she kept asking the, the father of the child. She, she had been asking forever if she could watch his baby because she couldn't have children. She wanted to have kids so bad, but uh, he says she had health issues, but, and the, which prevented her from uh, getting pregnant. So he, I think, out of she's like, too fat for a penis to actually <laughs> reach her uterus. <laughs> I think, that out of sympathy, he was like, "You can watch the kid," because she had repeatedly asked him. So plus, he's like, "Shit, yeah, I'm gonna go get fucked up at the bar if, you, if you're willing to watch my kid for free." Totally. So Teresa Coffee here, five foot six and just over two hundred pounds, was found lying on top of little Michael Baldwin the third. Um, she didn't crush the previous two Michael Baldwins. But we don't know about that. Yeah, my my <laughs> humorous take on that is I now have lost all sympathy for the kid because <laughs> he has a third. <laughs> because he's the third. I mean, it's wow. where did this? Where's the story from? Long Island. Yes, this is such an East Coast thing. Oh, I'm going to name my child after myself as my grandfather was named. Like fuck off. You're not royalty. Michael you know, Baldwin the third. You're a long line of carpet salesmen. You don't need to, like, <laughs> preserve your fucking family crest and name. God. So Teresa Coffey was found lying on top of little Michael Baldwin uh, by the boy's horrified father. And both were pronounced dead at a hospital uh, near the home. Uh, the woman de- was described as extremely heavy, says Detective uh, Gerard Pelkowski. Quote, unquote, she was extremely large-breasted. And because of the amount of flesh, it could have caused the baby to suffocate. Not a flatso. Well, yeah, she's not not a flatso. When you first hear, you know, a suffocation like this, you think that the woman was so obese that she just sat on the kid, forgetting that the kid was there because she was concentrating on the ho-hos and the, the Doritos that she was eating. But no, that's not what happened. What happened here is she probably had a heart attack because he found her and she was on her knees lying on top of the kid, slumped on the couch over. So, so this kid was smothered by huge breasts, which I maintain is not a horrible way to go. Isn't that how Russ Myers died? That's how he wanted to die. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if you think about it, would There's you rather worse be... worse ways to die, for sure. Would you rather be smothered by 
you know, a huge ass cheek or just smothered to death by tits? Hmm. <laughs> he probably died. I'm kind, of an a- I'm kind of an ass man. I bet you the kid was crying, so he probably died motorboating. Yeah. You know? But... Can but you I'm, motorboat ass cheeks? That's, that's something completely different. That's a, that's a <laughs> <laughs> salad tossing. Uh, either way is good for me. So the boy's dad. I mean, it's better than Vince being smothered by like... A you crate know, of nut and butters or something. Nutter butters, you know? That would be pretty good too, actually. If I was thinking more like garbage or so, you know, a pile of garbage or, you know... Uh, a man's taint. A thousand, a thousand rats. <laughs> or a man's taint or something. You know, that would be terrible. I would uh, not appreciate being smothered by a man's taint. Like know? a huge taint. Like a, the biggest taint you've ever seen. But it was a big taint because the guy was obese. Like a 12-inch taint? A 12-inch taint, which is just a magnificent taint, if you think about it. Just in terms of size. <laughs> <laughs> Enough taint talk. Um, I bet you Conan, the barbarian, had a 12-inch taint. Yeah, most likely. The boy's dad, Michael Baldwin, was a local TV personality. He ditched a broadcast when he couldn't reach the sitter by phone and raced home. He found Coffee, the babysitter, splayed out on the couch and looked... Her name is Coffee? Coffee, yeah. Teresa Coffee. Oh, Um, last name. That's fine. Splayed out on the couch and looked all over for his son. He says, I searched every room. I was saying his name, Michael. Michael. When his search failed, he returned to the living room, and he said... Well, the kid is one month old, right? Yeah, like the kid's going to be like, Daddy, <laughs> Daddy, I'm underneath the fat ass, you know? <laughs> One-month-olds don't respond. They're like cats. They don't respond to being called, their names being called. Come on. He said, and when I returned to the living room, I just had this funny feeling that she was on top of him. He lifted her, which he must be... This guy must just have a, you know, a magnificent amount of strength. To, to, to lift this morbidly pounds. obese woman. <laughs> She's only 200 pounds. He did, he did definitely g- grab some tit, though. I'm, I'm sure. He says, yeah, you probably can't. I mean, it's like, I mean, you can't not grab titty. Think about it. Yeah. It's like this woman's like probably 75% titty. Yeah. He says, I lifted her and he was underneath. He was laying on his back with his hands folded on his stomach. He was blue. I just grabbed him and called his name but I knew he was dead. I could just totally picture, can't you picture this scene? It's just like, he sees this big fat woman laying on top of the kid. He pulls her back. The kid's blue and he's just like, no! You know, screaming and the camera pans back, crane shot. Crane shot. And then they probably use the same crane to lift the woman out of the house. (laughs) As 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 long as the camera crew has this crane here, can we double purpose it? Both were pronounced dead at Huntington Hospitals. Uh, investigators believe the deaths were, were a tragic accident, but were conducting autopsies and toxicology tests. Well, they're both in heaven now. They are. And uh, that that's what he them. says. He said coffee had, been, coffee had been asking forever if she could watch his baby because she couldn't have children. And he thought she was okay. Where's James Baldwin's wife? Um, his wife, Colby, is devastated by the death of their only child. What was Colby doing? Why couldn't she watch the kid? You know, I don't know. You don't know why? Because it was like, you know, they're a, they're a progressive New York married couple that obviously both have their own careers. You know, mm-hmm. he's a TV okay. anchor man. The wife's probably public relations executive. And they, yet they, don't, they should not be breeding. 
if they can't spend they're, time. They're on Long Island, them. not Manhattan. <laughs> it's not the most. They're all driven out locations. there on the East Coast. You know, they don't yeah, just have their medical marijuana dispensaries and smoke weed and listen to Grateful Dead like we do. I love it here. <laughs> Fuck that place. So on the second wrong star scale, I guess this isn't uncommon. You know that a woman smothered to death a child. You know, a beast lady. She obviously had a heart attack. It was an accident. Mm-hmm. But you know right. what? You know who? You know who I blame in this scenario? I blame the anchor man. I think it serves him right that this happened. How so? Because he left his child with the obese woman. Why would he hire an unattractive babysitter, a morbidly <laughs> obese babysitter? Because think about this, and I've learned this from porn. Babysitters yeah. are easy. Have you seen those videos of just like the dads doing the babysitters? Wouldn't well, you? because usually you have to take them, you have to give them a ride home, and you know sometimes they need a good rogering. Totally, and it, and it happens because they're just like, well, you know, I'm 18, and I'm horny, and I'm just learning about sex, and you pull your dick out because you're a mature man, and you're like, she knows you have a penis because she was just watching your baby. That exactly, you with your penis, she knows the output that you can, you know, that you can make. So right. anyway, effective. She, you know, if, if he had hired an attractive babysitter that he wanted. to wanted to have boned she probably wouldn't have a heart attack because she wasn't a big massive obese woman um she also probably has such a small ass that maybe she could only cover half the baby might have still died but it wouldn't have you know it wouldn't have like completely been smothered because her ass but was too small <laughs> but didn't joey Buttafuoco fall into this problem like his baby didn't die but his wife got shot in the face by the babysitter uh, because he wasn't was she the babysitter, babysitter. what was that chick's name um, Amy, I know who you're talking about. Amy Fisher. <laughs> Amy, Amy Fisher. <laughs> Amy Fisher. His wife's name was Mary Jo Buttafuoco or something like that. Well, Which is one, yeah. probably one of the best surnames in the history of surnames. Buttafuoco. 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 But this guy's a TV anchor, dude. He could pull some premium ass. And especially he could use his celebrity power. I mean, dude, high school chicks probably love, they're like, oh my God, this guy's a local celebrity. I'm totally going to give him a blowjob. Yeah. They love Ted Koppel <laughs> and Jim Jim Lehrer. Dude, weathermen get a lot of ass. So well, anyway, I'm just saying story. that this guy should have hired an attractive babysitter and this whole rigmarole would have been prevented. So I'm going to blame him, and based on that, I'm going to give this a 4.5. Uh, he gave it a 4. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, it, granted, it, the the hot, thin young babysitter isn't likely to have a heart attack uh but if she did i think she could as easily smother a one month old infant they're pretty small yeah no i mean you could smother she doesn't have massive titties but but it's easy to roll on top of an infant and smother them believe me (laughs) (laughs) no you you really could i mean you don't need much pack of chewing gum some (laughs) tinfoil that's all you need (laughs) really well, we invite the listening audience to decide who won episode 293. People, go vote. Sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, Anchorly, uh, you know, we have this whole, like, bevy of phone calls that uh, we didn't get to last week. I only have a couple, time for a couple. Um, we actually did get a, a really good prank call this week. It's a little long, but I like it. And I've always been they a big... They didn't prank us. They pranked the call, then recorded it. And recorded it and sent it in here. We're going to start off with that one. But I've always liked prank calls because I was a prank call maker myself back in the day. And I always appreciate a good prank. A lot of pranks 
people don't have like a script. They don't. They don't put. You know, they don't put any uh, mental energy into devising Planning. something creative. This guy right. actually did a really good job. So we'll, we'll play that in a second. Before we get to that, here's a quick word from our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Hey kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah. Then go to AdamandEve.com and make a purchase using coupon code Diddle. You'll get fifty percent off your first item. Three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. So, Wacker, we did get a few phone calls here. Um, I was just talking about that prank call that came in, which I was impressed by. I always do love. I do appreciate a good prank call. Uh, this came in from Daniel, a.k.a. Luke Skyporker. This guy's an all-around funny guy. Really? Is Luke Skyporker. I wonder if that is a, is a nickname he gave himself, like a self-appointed nickname, or if his friends are like, dude, we're calling you Luke Skyporker because you're big him, and himself. fat and you look like Mark Hamill. <laughs> I think he gave it to him himself. He says, hey, dudes, I listen to your podcast every week. Please, will you play the prank call I did on your show? It's really funny and sick and wrong because it's an old woman. It's as if I use <laughs> Jedi mind tricks on her. Anyway, thanks, dudes. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. I don't know what you define as a Jedi mind trick. I don't know if, it's, if this would be a Jedi mind trick. But I did like this guy's prank call. So let me, let me play it. This is Rodman. Yes. Oh, of Scoff Farm, Cot School Lane, Elder, Elder, Elder Edenham. Yeah. Oh, good. This is Dan from the UK and Northern Ireland Home Office. Yeah. And I need to talk to you in regards to the ID cards which are being established throughout the country. Are you available to talk at this time? No. It's important, madam. Well, what do you want to know? Well, we, we need to change your last name. <laughs> change my last name? Yes, there's too well, many... That is so bloody stupid. There's too many Wadmans in the country, I'm afraid. No, the bloody one isn't then. We have to choose two. You can choose an option of two, or we have to choose it for you. Well, you, you won't do nothing without my consent. Well, we can. We are the government, madam. I don't believe you. Well, you know, he's got a good point there. The UK government can do whatever the fuck they want. Any government can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, but I mean, this is, sounds like something, though, that is within the realm of possibility in England. It's like, you know, we're going to install a CCTV camera in your home, and we're going to change your surname. <laughs> right, in your toilet. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and this woman's just kind of like, yeah, I, I, I think she understands that. Like, well, this could happen, so I'm going to, you know. She's, she's kind of putting up a front. She's saying, you know, not without my consent, you can't. But I think she uh, she's going to get steamrolled sooner or later. Yeah, definitely. This, you know, this guy's got a great uh, delivery too. So it reminds me of the phone jacker guy. So let's hear this out. Uh, we have to, we do have two choices, and you'll have a, a confirmation letter through the post of the of the name change if you don't choose now. I'm afraid you cannot change my name. Well, we we've got a choice. We've got a choice of kumquat or wait. <laughs> Yeah, this is bloody stupid. I'm sorry, it's my job, madam. I have to do it. No, you don't. Do, do you like... What's, what's Ireland got to do with me? Ireland? No, we're just the home office of UK and Ireland, I'm afraid. No, I don't believe you. Well, we've got kumquat or waned. Don't be so stupid. You cannot change people's names. Well, we can. We are the government. You can't 
can't change people's names. Don't be so stupid. Well, it's one of Mr. Prescott's initiatives this, of this century. But don't give a stuff about Mr. Prescott. Is he changing his name then? Yes, he is. Oh, good. He, good. He's changing to Prescott's. Oh, good. Good. Well, we're going to have to choose kumquats for you. You will not. Well, you'll have a letter in the post in first-class mail, madam. And what was that going to do? Well, you are not allowed to change my name. Well, I'm afraid we have to, madam. No, you can't. I know it's you a new... What authority have you got? We're the government. I don't care if you are the government. You are the government of this country, because no way can you change your name. I know it's slightly inconvenient. But what it... do you mean, inconvenient? I've had my name all these bloody years, you're not changing it now. Well, you've got to lose it now. What about all, all the Smiths, then? Smiths? Are you going to change all that? No, because it's, it's not as common as Wadman. Wadman is not a common name. You look in the phone book, how many are you going to find? No. Well, it's, on, it's, on the, it's on the system in, in UK and Ireland. There's more in Ireland than there is in actual UK. <laughs> you change my name and I'll be bloody trouble. And that's it, so... Well, we're, we're afraid we have to shoot it for you. <laughs> that's pretty what? much how it ended. <laughs> what was the other... It was Kumquat or Wayne? I think it was Wayne Duh. Like Wayne. Yeah. yeah. It, so it's like <laughs> Kumquat or Wayne. What I want to know is what is the bloody trouble that's going to happen if they do change your name? She's like, going to come right down there and give them a good talking to. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I you know, do you not cross a UK, you know, nan? I like wouldn't. A, yeah, no, she's going to stab you with her knitting needles. Like I, who knows what's going to happen. But um <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. It's good. like I, I think in this country it would be difficult to pull a prank call like that off. Mainly because I remember I stopped pranking because of caller ID. But who, I mean, do, do they not have well, that in the, the UK? The, the hallmark of a good call is to keep the person on the line. I mean, think of how many people would just hang up on the dude as soon as he said kumquat. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I mean, but, you kept her on the line there for a good five minutes, right? Two minutes. Well, that, that's what I think. People in the UK are a little more susceptible to this. Not saying that they're lower in intelligence, but did you ever? Did you ever watch that phone jacker? No, I don't. I have no idea what you're talking. Phone about. Jacker was uh, I don't know, it was a UK show where the guy would do prank calls. He was masterful at it. But he, mm. one of his characters was he was a guy that would call from like Nigeria, and he put on this accent saying he worked for the bank and that he needed your pin number in order to save this pigeon that was locked in the savings account. You know, in the savings like uh, the, the the savings box or whatever, and this pigeon uh-huh. is going to to die of suffocation if he doesn't have your pin number. And he got PIN numbers from people. <laughs> like These old people were like, okay, well, here's the PIN number. You can save the pigeon you know, that's in the safety box. Yeah, because... fuck a pigeon. But it, but it always blew my mind because I was like, God, I don't think that would ever happen in the U.S. I just don't think <laughs> they can, someone in the U.S. would be like, fuck off and just hang up. <laughs> but no, no, I don't know. That, that definitely impressed me. So congratulations. You know, or good job there. Good on you. I was impressed I would, with that. I would jump at the chance to change my last name to Kumquat. <laughs> it's got a good ring to it alright the second call we got was uh, from uh, a 14 year old kid hey Dan Lance this is Connor from Virginia um, 14 yeah uh, I was just listening to podcast 185 and you were talking about making a nest on the toilet so your like, ass doesn't touch it or whatever in the toilet seat and I 
How old do you think this kid sounds? We said he's 14. But doesn't he sound, he sounds like he could be like seven, you know, or eight. How does that yeah, make you feel? His vocabulary is too good to be that young. I'm How does it make tired. you feel, though, that uh, that this preteen, you know, is, is listening to the show and, and you're influencing his daily behavior? I feel fine about it. <laughs> and by the way, you're the one who makes nests, not me. So I, I, I would advise this kid not to make a nest. Yeah, and, and then shit you're like a man. Yeah, then you're gonna get a hernia operation when you turn thirty six. Probably. I do that but only with like sheet like single sheets or whatever you wanna fucking call it. But um Swearing. I'm wondering, have you like this happens to me all the time for some reason, like my dad or something, like he'd sit down like bare ass on the toilet. Like take some huge ass shit. Wait, pause this. Wait, pause wait this. a second, he's making a nest at home? Right. Come on. <laughs> See that's this is what I'm talking about. This is what you're influencing kids to do. They're making nests at home at this point. I'm saying you make a nest in public. Like if you're at the mall and you take a shit, then yes, you need a nest in order to shit because you don't want your bare ass touching the, the, the toilet uh, that a stranger's ass has touched. But your father, I mean, your father drinks out of the same milk bottle, you know, as you do. You know, I mean, it's it's like as this kid's gonna dad. get beaten because his dad's gonna be like, "Why is all the toilet paper always gone?" And he's gonna find out that his fourteen-year-old son is nesting at home, and that's where all the toilet paper is going. Yeah, listen, if you if you if you take home one thing, one lesson learned from this week's podcast, don't nest at home. And I think yeah, it's almost insulting. I would beat my kid if I found him nesting at home. I mean, there would be a massive swirly involved. It would, there would definitely be a swirly. So, and this kid's on the verge of some swirling. Some like the plopping, it's disgusting. And then, <laughs> like, when he gets up and then you go in the bathroom, I see like his like pubic hair and like leg hair all over the toilet seat. Like, <laughs> so, all right, maybe this kid should. Yeah, next. I thought I'd call him and then tell you. Keep it safe. Keep it wrong. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And one more thing, I have like nicknames for you guys. Like. D semen, D semen, D semen, yeah. Creative. And uh, Lance Whack Off, Whack Off. Like, good. This kid has a future podcast. Did he come out of you, Lance? Because like he whacked off, and D semen came out of you. Ha ha ha. Yeah, keep it sick, keep it wrong. Peace. I like the fact that he can tell the difference between his dad's pubes and his dad's leg hair. Because <laughs> he did, said distinctly that there's pubes and leg hair. I don't get it. Like, what does his dad do? I mean, I, you know, I take shits regularly without building a nest at home, and I don't have pubic hair all over the toilet. You think his dad like just rubs back and forth like vigorously? Well, you don't have pubic hair on the toilet? Are you kidding me? I, but not all over the toilet. <laughs> I mean, there might be a couple <laughs> pieces. <laughs> It's not like a, a contemporary art sculpture of like uh, Jeff Koons or something with the hair all over the place. But no, this, this, but there's definitely a preponderance of pubes on the toilet. There might I've be a couple of short curly. There might be a I've couple of short curly before. There are pubes. No, of course, and they they're usually at the back of the toilet. There's a couple of short and curlies, but this kid's making it sound like his dad's like Chewbacca or something. And he like well, you know, there's hair all over. He sits down and then and then he has hair on his hairless, you know, adolescent legs. <laughs> I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> the question was, uh, I don't even know if there's a question. He was just pointing <laughs> out how disgusting it is to take a shit after his dad shits. But do you remember that when your dad oh, yeah. would shit 
Like my dad well, would we just. Had, well, you had one bathroom in like some of the houses that I grew up in, where there's no choice. You're going in there into the fray, and you had your dad to unloads. And it wasn't like your dad would light a match or you burn oh, some no, incense God, or no. something. It was just like my dad would just despoil that bathroom. It was just, it was unholy what he would do, especially for a holy man. And I well, would go your dad kind of has a legendary shitting powers also, which I yeah. think your sister inherited. Yeah, now, well, my sister has IBS. My dad never had that, but my dad had this like, yeah, inimitable skill to go into <laughs> someone's home and just clog the toilet. I, I don't yeah. even know if it was the food he ate or whatever it was, but he would clog every toilet he's ever... He clogged all of my toilets. Yeah, it's your sister had stories that she's told me also of, of clogged toilets. I always found it funny, though, how he would deny that he was the one that clogged it. And it was just like, <laughs> how, who else would have clogged the toilet? I mean, it, it was obviously you. But, it, it, but I just remember as a child being like just dreading it, just like, oh, man. You know, we had two bathrooms. My mom was, like, putting her makeup on or something in one, and then my dad, like, you know, in a rush to get to services on time, was just, like, just went and pounded one out, and then was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go in there now. I'm going to have to deal with this. You have to. Yep. But you do that whole pull your shirt over your nose kind of thing. You yes, know, like... that's a good maneuver. <laughs> the that's, that's fully acceptable at home or in public bathrooms. Shirt over the nose. Yeah, you can do that. But, but building a nest at home, though, that just... It's unnecessary. I don't, I've never heard of anybody doing that. No, don't do that. Yeah, if you learn something from that, from this, just just take it, kid. That's what you should do. All right, uh, the, here's a third call Come to, coming in from Illinois. Hey, what up, sick and wrong, Dan Lance? Just uh, listen to 291 here, and uh, you guys are talking about all your California dispensaries, lucky motherfuckers. I'm out in uh, Illinois here. Actually, what's really weird is, like, you know what I mean? You used to be able to, like, get pulled over. Like, I remember being in high school, like, you got pulled over a pot and nobody really cared. And it's pretty easy to get. But, like, lately, I think it's just, like, them trying to get into the, like, find the heavier dealers. Like, seriously, if you get caught a pot, it's ridiculously stupid how much in trouble you get in. So you lucky fuckers, enjoy it. No, and, like, plus, like, I got all these, like, crazy back condition shit and, uh, so I started smoking pot for that, and uh, my drug dealer the other day, like, oh man, he gave me the worst shit ever. It was like this lemon twist stuff that he made, like this lemon fusion. I don't know if they have that stuff out there, like they infuse like some sense of like fruit with it. Well, it's crazy, and Lance, I'm a lot like more like you where like, you know, I take a hit, and it's just like, bam, impact. You know, I don't smoke enough to just like get 10 or 12 hits off a bowl, I just can't do it. You know, I got kids and life. Sorry, D. Lucky you. But I, lo I love how this guy's trying to rationalize it. It's like, well, I can't, you know, smoke 15 hits off that bowl because I have a kid. I can only smoke two, you know, two hits. <laughs> and I can, still, I can still take care of my kid. <laughs> he has a back problem. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's like child services will come in and be like, okay, you've taken four hits off that bong. We're taking your kid away. But you've only done two? That's cool. You know, you can well, still... it's kind of a catch-22, right? I would think Child Protective Services would be more pissed off if they came in and there was a half-full bowl or three-quarters of a joint laying around than, it, than if you just smoked the whole thing and it was not, you know, in evidence <laughs> at that point. But he's really right. If there's three-quarters of a joint, you would be like, 
it's because I can't smoke a whole joint. They'd be like, but there's drugs in the house for these children. It's ridiculous. No, it's because I don't smoke a whole joint because I'm too high to take care of my kid. That's where there's some left. <laughs> you fuckers. Hard. It's hard to have kids. But, uh, yeah. Shit was way too bad. I fucking took a hit of that, and I was like, seriously, sitting there with a bunch of guys, did not move for like 25 fucking minutes. Weird shit. Anyways, keep it to the keep it wrong. Keep it up. Coming up on 300. You guys still going to keep going after episode 300? What's up with that? Maybe not. Anyways, take it easy. Bye. That remains to be seen. Who knows what's going to happen after 300. stopping point. I know. We'll keep you people on the toes. You'll be, you'll be waiting there in anticipation, wondering what's going to happen when we finally hit episode 300. I know. It'll be interesting to see. I, can't, I, can't, I don't even know the future of this show yet. It's all no, up in the air. <laughs> I know Wackerly dreams about the day when it's done. It's like, you know, the albatross you know, is off his shoulders. <laughs> the anniversary of 9-11 is coming up. That'd be another good time to stop. Never forget, Wackerly. Next you're, week? You're a podcaster. Never forget. Are we going to do a special 9-11 commemorative show? <laughs> we probably should, because I think you've forgotten. That I've you, pretty much forgotten. <laughs> you, you took a week off, and you've forgotten healed. that you're a podcaster, and you have a duty to your fans. Yes, I do have a duty. <laughs> so this guy brings up an interesting point, though. I loved going to the dealer, and he'd be like, yeah, I got this, this great weed that I made. Do you remember that? You go to your dealer and be like, well, this is some stuff that I kind of concocted. And you're just like, you're not a scientist. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're not, even, did, a, you're not you... even a weed grower. You're a dealer. Yeah, it's like, what, how did you make that? Like, what did, what did you do to make that? It's like, you know what this guy sounds like? What this guy was smoking is the dealer basically sprayed that, that bag of marijuana down with a lemon pledge. And that's what he was smoking. <laughs> and maybe that's why he was sitting there for 25 minutes. Yeah. You know? My brain is damaged. Well, they're, you know, I've, I was hanging out with some people the other day, and they're they're talking about this like drug folklore. Some dealer in Los Angeles, they used to sell pink cocaine. Like he was notorious for his pink cocaine. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. What? I was like, how did he make his? I was like, how 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 come his cocaine was pink? I've never even heard of that. And they're like, oh, he would put strawberry quick in the bag, so it was just kind of pink. <laughs> and I was like, what a fucking dick, dude! I would have been fucking pissed. I mean, I d- definitely like not- the color pink. Yeah, but I mean, it's like he's tainting, tainting his a good product with that. Right, with given the choice quick. to get into your sleazy, gross, rusted out van, and the the guy next to you in his sleazy, gross, rusted out van, and he just has normal cocaine, and you have pink cocaine. What do you think the sluts are going to go for? Well, maybe. I mean, I guess maybe the sluts would be more attracted to the pink cocaine. But I, I was yeah. just like, you know. When when you're used to doing a drug, you're used to the you know the what it looks like, what it tastes like, what it smells like. Mm. And when I see something like pink, I'd be like, okay, this is an alarm's going off here. Why is this pink? That's weird. You subscribe to the Applebee's theory of of drugs that consistency is above all the most important thing. Well, exactly. I mean, it's like I, I want I want something that's consistent. I, I kind of know what it's supposed to look like. And it isn't, isn't the first time I've ever used this drug. And it's like, and then if the guy's like, oh, you know, it's pink because I put strawberry quick in that. I'd be like, you know what? You're a dick. But don't you always want every week when you're watching Breaking Bad, don't you want to try the blue speed? Yeah, no, that is interesting. I probably would try that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Walt making that. I mean, Walt, Walt's Walt. Like, he's a chemist. Walt, you know? Walt and Jesse. Walt and yeah. Jesse. Well, people, you can call the Sticker Wrong Hotline, 206 666 Four six. We've got time for one email here, and then uh, we got to get out of here. 
Uh, this email comes in from uh, uh, our new biggest fan, I guess. His name is Hump Vader. He says, hey, guys, I'm a new listener here. I don't usually Wait, take... Wait, we had, we, had we had something from Luke Pork Skywalker? Pork Skywalker Luke Skyporker. And, uh, and Hump now we Vader. have Hump Vader. I wonder if... Uh, week. Do you think they're enemies? Do you think these, they're nemeses? Family. Family, that's true. Do you think... Oh, I guess it's a different guy. I was wondering if, like... Do you think Luke Skyporker gets upset when Hump Vader takes a shit in the toilet and gets, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, Hump Vader skin all over the toilet? For sure. <laughs> he goes, hey, guys, I'm a new listener here. I don't usually take the time to write in the podcast, <clears throat> but this was just too much of a coincidence. I'm a shore tankerman in the Corpus Christi, Texas area. Let me explain what that is, because I know there's not a chance in hell you two retards know. You know, he's, he's got a point. Although I don't like being called a retard, I really have no idea what a shore tankerman does. I know what a short anchorman does. <laughs> He's like the short guy who does the news. <laughs> Seeing as how you guys don't know the difference between a pipe wrench and a crescent wrench, and Dee had never even heard of a jigsaw. Jesus, didn't you guys take fucking shop class? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I, I took home <laughs> improvement, actually. Um, so a tugboat pulls up to a dock with a barge, and I load or discharge the barge with petrochemicals. Sounds very complicated, your job. I never would have <laughs> yeah, guessed that. Very edified now. <laughs> yeah, I know I, now, now that I know what a short tankerman does, it's a bit, you know, underwhelming. I thought there was I still think you it. might be better off being a short anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yesterday this tow pulls up, and I walk down to the boat to sign the visitor's log. So I'm sitting there shooting the shit with this coon ass. <laughs> <laughs> This guy hasn't seen the movie The Help, I don't no. think. He wouldn't <laughs> or be The calling. Color Purple. Yeah. Or Roots. And uh, he tells me the captain had to get off the boat because his son-in-law went crazy and chopped his grandson's head off. A retarded kid in a wheelchair. He put the head in the driveway to make the mom feel stupid. That's the whole chestnut. Hmm. So yeah, I was thinking, damn, small world. I just heard the story on Sick and Wrong. Anyway, keep it sick, keep it wrong, Hump Vader. <laughs> well, you know, that that is a small world. It is a small world. How often does that happen? But uh, you know, occasionally we've we've had a couple connections to some of the stories that we've done here. So um yeah, see? I think it makes sick and wrong all, all that much more poignant in your life there, Hump Vader. Yeah. For sure. Uh, people you can email the show, sick and wrong podcast at hotmail dot com. Uh finally, people, the sick and wrong form is awaiting your membership. Uh Wackerly, did you see that uh thread from a guy named Cook Cheese? You wrote, Is that gay? He's asking the question. In the most recent cast, you told of Wackerly's absence due to vagina augmentation. And D, you said you wanted to smell it, taste it. He said, dude, that's a tad faggoty. Could you really go down on Wackerly if he had a blart? Which I've never actually heard that term for for vagina. I like that blart. It's almost yeah. as good as clunge. We kind of covered this earlier in the show. I think. Yeah, that's why I was going to bring it up. But is it is that gay? Yeah, it's gay. <laughs> it's un, it's unwanted. It's an unwanted advance, and I kind of consider it sexual harassment in the workplace. No, but I mean, if <laughs> if, if you had a vagina, would it be gay for me to be like, I want to see that vagina and taste it? I told you, you're not going to see it. I'm not. You're not a friend with benefits. No, but I'm. I'm just. I just don't think it's gay because it is, of the vagina. It is gay. I think it's unwarranted. Not in the homosexual way, advance. but just like, don't be gay. Don't be asking to see my my genitalia. Like a homo. 
Well, a bunch of people uh, wrote in about it, so uh, you can go <laughs> see that thread and you can decide for yourself whether or not it's gay. Uh, just go to sickandwrongforum.com uh, or just click on Sick and Wrong Forum and you go to sickandwrongpodcast.com. Also, people, thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes. You, you really are boosting our ratings, giving, us, uh, giving more people a chance to, uh, to, to be exposed to the show. So just go to Sick and Wrong, uh, the, just do a search for Sick and Wrong, subscribe to the show on iTunes, and uh, leave us a rating. We actually really got some funny ratings recently. I should, uh, maybe next show, I'll do a recap of some of the funnier recent ratings we've received. Sure. Um, also, uh, did you know, Wackerly, that uh, this upcoming Tuesday, day after Labor Day here, is uh, Wear Your Sick and Wrong Shirt to Work Day? <laughs> no, I didn't. Are, are you I planning will, on wearing? You'll be sure to, yeah, I'll be sure to participate, though. Yeah, I think you should. I think it's a good way to open up to your coworkers about your hobbies, like your personal life. I know, um, I know a lot of people out there might not have a Sick and Wrong shirt, but you have time. Just go, go, go order one. Just go to SickandWrongPodcast.com, click on Store. Buy yourself the Sick and Wrong Quado T-shirt, and you can wear it to work. Um, did I, did, was I telling you that? I, I wore one, actually, to my girlfriend's work the other day. Soon no. I was going to pick her up, and someone was like, wow, that's, that's an awesome garbage pail kid. And I was like, <laughs> you're an idiot. You know, yes. that's not a garbage pail kid. It's Quado, and they had no idea. Just no idea it was Quado. I, I couldn't could believe sold that. sold a shirt to them if you just would have said it was a garbage pail kid. You know, I, actually, you maybe, I should, maybe I should start doing that. Yeah. So uh, buy yourself a t-shirt today. And uh, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week came in uh, via the anonymous Apple Care rep. Um, he writes in, hey, guys, just want to share with you a fantastic artist. I discovered her several years ago. My brother turned me on to her, and I don't believe I've spoken to him since. The artist is Wing Han Sang. She does uh, cover tunes of ABBA, Michael Jackson, rap artists, and, uh, and a Christmas album here. You ever heard of Wing from South Park? No. <laughs> you remember, she was like that Chinese lady that does, uh, she, I don't know, she, she's a recording artist. Her name's Wing, and uh, she was featured on, I think, um, a couple South Park episodes. No, I haven't. Why, why is it so surprising that I haven't heard of her? Because she's on South Park, and South Park's the I don't, biggest thing I mean, in the I, world. I don't, I don't watch South Park religiously. He says, I or had the pleasure all, really. of seeing her perform live, which I am shocked by. And he goes, believe me, I'll never forget it. In fact, I suggest catching her live if, A, your bowels are impacted and you need immediate relief short of a battery acid enema. Hmm. B, you just don't know how to break up with that significant other. C, you've always wondered why they kill the female babies in China. So there's three reasons why to go see, <laughs> to go see Wing Live. Uh, by the way, I discovered the podcast at the very beginning and have been there for the whole shitty ride. Great job. It gets better and better since you guys have found your groove. Thank you. Keep it sick or non. This is Wing's kick-ass version of the great ACDC song, Highway to Hell. Ciao, motherfuckers, from the anonymous Apple Care rep. And look what he writes here in uh, parentheses. Fuck Steve Jobs, that cancer-ridden, skeletor-looking prick is as good as dead anyway. <laughs> I think he predicted his, uh, him stepping down, abdicating the throne. Well, and, uh, I no hope he has his CEO. job at AppleCare. Have you seen the pictures of, of Steve Jobs, though? Yes. I mean, he looks like a leper. I mean, he's, he looks like he weighs like maybe 60 pounds. I'm thinking that's. I'm thinking. Well, that's you know, he's no Patrick Swayze, and even it, it fell the mighty Patrick Swayze. So 
What are you going to yeah. do? Uh, who's gonna, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. So we're going to end the show with uh, Wing's version of ACDC's Highway to Hell. Thank you, Apple Care Rep, for uh, sending that in. And don't worry, we're not going to tell Steve Jobs about any of the things you said. Uh, people, um, I hope you have a barbecue, a safe barbecue tomorrow on uh, Labor Day for American fans. And uh, English people, have fun working when we're off uh, on a holiday. <laughs> it's a nice long weekend. You having a barbecue? Well, they, had a whole, they had a whole couple weeks of riot, so they've, they've had their fun. Yeah, they, they had their workplace uh, holiday there. So we'll be back next week with episode, uh, God, 294. Till then, take it so easy. Good night.
<laughs> I liked how my dad had a shit hanger that he kept. <laughs> he brought with him. Like when he would travel, it was a hanger. Okay. To, no, to stick down the toilet to break up the shit. He yeah. would call it break up the cocks. <laughs> like, <laughs> But did it, he, how did he wash the thing before he put it back in his bag? It wasn't even in a plastic bag. It was just, <laughs> it was just had this shitty hanger. And I remember being like, when he came to my house, I was just like, "What is this fucking hanger?" It wasn't even like in hanger form. It was unrolled, so it was just like a big, like unrolled hanger. It was right, all like rusty. An abortion instrument. Yeah, totally. I was just like, Dad, what are you using this for? Is this for like a circumcision or something? <laughs> he, was like, he was like, no, that's to break up the cocks. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, he, but he always, he always traveled with one of those. <laughs> Be prepared. <laughs>